Your New England Patriots have two new offensive tackles, but does it really help all the problems along the offensive line? Stick around. You're about to be locked into Mailbag Monday here on the Locked On Patriots podcast. You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all of you, Foxborough faithful. Thank you once again for making Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage and also your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On Patriots free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So smash that subscribe button, download, subscribe to follow Locked On Patriots wherever you get your podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available. I am your host, Mike DeBate, and I cover your New England Patriots for Patriots Country of Sports Illustrated. So reach out to me and let me know what's on your mind on that Bird app, on Twitter, on X, whatever you want to be calling it these days at M-D-A-T-E-N-F-L. And while you're out there showing some love to the Twitterverse, please be sure to follow the Locked On Patriots account as well at L-O underscore Patriots. And Pats fans, as you can see, it is Mailbag Monday, but it is also hashtag Locked On Murph Monday. And that means a visit from the Green King of Sting, the Monster Master of Disaster. Even over the weekend we have, so he's now the weekend warrior. He is the Connor Murphy Pisto himself. The legendary Thomas Murphy joins me today from E2G Sports. Thank you for coming to me in friendship, Don Murph. Thank you for having me back, Michael. It, 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 it's getting to be a habit. Absolutely, you know? but a habit we like that. It's a habit we don't want to break, and it's a good one. Uh, and I know all of our listeners are always excited anytime you join me here on the microphone. I love it, and that's simply the way it's going to be. And, of course, today, <laughs> folks, please remember that today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And, of course, Pat fans, today is Mailback Monday, and thank you all for submitting some great questions over the weekend. Special shout-out, and always a tip of the cap to all of you everydayers out there, those of you who make Locked On Patriots possible. We couldn't do the show without you. Honored, humbled by your support, as always. And, Murph, before we dive headfirst into this Mailback, which was a robust one, a very good one over the weekend, uh, we got some questions from YouTube, we got them from Twitter, Always good to get that mix. We kind of Newmaned it this week. We skimmed a little off the top. You know, it was raining, and Newman doesn't want to work in the rain, Murph. So we kind of followed his example. But it was raining linemen yesterday in Foxborough, particularly New England Patriots acquiring not one but two offensive tackles. Early on on Sunday, making the trade with the Cleveland Browns, sending a guy that we've talked about a lot here on Locked On Patriots, Pierre yep. Strong Jr. going over to the Cleveland Browns, coming back Tyrone Wheatley Jr., offensive tackle from the Browns, formerly with the Bears. Straight-up trade there. <laughs> and then later in the day, Patriots pulling the trigger on a trade that sent a sixth-round pick over to the Minnesota Vikings for, for Darian Lowe. So let's start with the two moves that the Patriots used to acquire the two O-linemen. We're going to get to the strong effect and impact yeah. that it's going to have 
on the running back or in just a moment, folks. So stay tuned for that. But I thought we'd start by talking about what this means, particularly what this means for the for the offensive line. And these are two guys that don't have a robust uh, pro-level resume, without any question. Uh, Wheatley has not suited up for an NFL regular season game. And, you know, you're dealing with a very limited 33-snap sample size for Verdarian Lowe. So you're obviously dealing with potential instead of mm-hmm. prowess. Murph, when you look at these two deals, is there one that you like better than the other? Who has the chance to make a bigger impact here in New England? Um, I don't know if there's one that I like better than the other. Wheatley is, uh, I think, uh, a much better run blocker right now, and he will probably slip in as probably your your second or third best run blocker. Uh, personally, I like the uh, the deal that, that I had with Cleveland much better that we talked about last week. Um, you know, so right team, wrong player. How many times have we done that when we're doing draft coverage or something? Yeah, yep, yep, we got the right team, got the right spot, but the wrong player. Um, but I like Wheatley. He's he's a, a huge, a massive man, six foot six, and you know, he, he, but he was an undrafted free agent. He's a guy that that had switched over from tight end to offensive tackle. So there we go, jumping right in there with the jumbo packages that we've been talking about all these uh, many many weeks. So yeah, I think the the Wheatley move is is probably the one that I am uh, more comfortable with. Yeah, I think in terms of Wheatley, you're looking at a work in progress when it comes to pass protection, and I think you're looking at a pro-level ready talent when it comes to run blocking. And a tip of the cap to Evan Lazar of Patriots.com, who I thought articulated this very well, showed a couple clips on uh, uh, Twitter or the Bird app, or again, folks, you know, we're calling it Twitter, but whatever you're calling X. Zitter. 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 (laughs) Zitter. Send your residual checks directly to Murph for that one, folks. He's the one that came up with it. Um, But you're looking at a guy that I think has the ability to be a good pass protector. So far in the preseason, limited sample size, but four rounds, surrendered just three pressures, only one hit and two hurries in 66 pass blocking snaps. There's some issues with his posture. And of course, when you look at that, it can lead folks to some inconsistencies with positioning and For that reason, I think he's going to be an ongoing project here. But where you look at the run blocking, and this is where also I want to give another tip of the cap, folks. Taylor Kyles of CLNS Media articulated this well, showing some clips. Uh, This kid is, I think, ready to go from day one as a run blocker. He can identify the position of the defensive lineman or the linebacker, whoever he happens to be matched up with, and he's got a very good eye to be able to do that. If he does that at the snap point, which is where he does it at his best, he uses his size and very good foot speed for a guy his size to effectively wall off that opposing defender. So these are the things that I'm sure Bill Belichick saw in Tyrone Wheatley. I'm sure these are the things that Patriots fans are going to like about him. But again, these are young players. These are inexperienced players. And you have to be very patient uh, when it comes to the contributions that these guys are going to make. But we say that tongue-in-cheek, Murph, because they're really hasn't been a whole lot of patience when it comes to the Patriots trying to rebuild this right. roster and what they left on the cutting room floor when it comes to offensive linemen in the draft and they didn't do enough in free agency. Right. Getting ahead of myself here, Murph. We're going to go back to that in just a moment. Yeah. But want to talk a little bit about Verdarian Lowe as well. Yeah. You know a great deal about these round men uh, that we love to talk about here 
Um, what are the Patriots getting in this game? Right. Just because I said I like the Wheatley move better doesn't mean I don't like the low move. You know, he was taken in the sixth round. I'm really not sure why the Vikings chose to move on from this kid uh, at this particular time. You know, for a sixth round pick, I'm happy. Lowe has a lot of the traits that you can't really uh, that, that aren't teachable. He has size. OK, he has speed. Uh, I like his footwork an awful lot. You know, his Illinois tape showed me that he has all these things. He's super athletic, gets to the second level, and plays to the whistle on every single down. All right, I like this kid. Um, whether or not he's going to make the 53 or not, or, or somebody that, that could get pushed to the, the practice squad, I'm really not sure at this point in time. I'm not sure who I would bump off. It's probably somebody that keeps getting banged up. Mm, yeah, without question, folks. And I know we're going to talk about injuries and inconsistencies along the offensive line, the existing offensive lineman on this team in just a moment. But to echo what you said about Lowe, um, the left side is clearly where he's been comfortable all this time. So if you're looking at Lowe as being someone that can come in and challenge for that starting spot on the right, I can tell you there's a chance, but there's a Lloyd Christmas chance, folks. It's not a great one because I think the Patriots are looking at Lowe as a potential swing option that can play a reserve role on either side because in 49 games at left tackle in Illinois, he really made his mark. That's really where he's at his best. Yeah. Took 33 snaps at the position last year for the Vikings, but 129 at left tackle this preseason. That tells me an awful lot about where the Vikings thought that he was. And my good friend and colleague Luke Braun here on Locked on Vikings said over the weekend that he was surprised Lowe was included in a trade with the Vikings. He believed that Lowe had won that reserve tackle swing spot for the Vikings. And he feels that's one of the reasons why the Patriots were able to swoop in and get him. They offered a substantial return. I know a sixth rounder doesn't seem much, it doesn't seem like too much, folks, but believe me when I tell you, it is a return for a guy like that. And I think that Minnesota looked at it and said, this is the best option we have. We've got a lot of depth at this position. That's We're going to take the draft pick when we can. But another massive human being, 6'6, 320. Um, Hard to envision a scenario where this guy gets easily passed by on a block, folks, with the wingspan that he has. Very sure. reminiscent of a Michael Awainu. So um, not skill-wise, folks. I'm talking size and wingspan-wise. Right. So in the final analysis, I think these are two developmental players that could really uh, help to fortify this offensive line. But am I incorrect in saying that not a major needle mover either way here, Mark? You're not. You're you're not. This this really doesn't move the needle. It doesn't put me into a much better uh, mindset when it comes to the depth that that is here. Like I said, I like the deal that that I had going with Cleveland a lot more. Um, there's there's still uh, guys out there that are free agents that we've talked about at nauseum here, and I don't know why nobody's listening. Um, but no, it, it, like I said, it doesn't put me at ease. I don't sleep better at night knowing that these two men are in uh, Patriots uniforms. Yeah, without question, folks. And uh, you know what? Bottom line, the Patriots are trying to stockpile arms in an offensive line that has struggled throughout training camp and throughout the preseason. Have the Patriots done enough to address their problems along this line? Well, some people will tell you that the problems along this line started long before players started getting injured in training camp. One of our listeners submitted a question here on Mailbag Monday that starts with Trent Brown and ends with when this all may come falling down. 
Yeah, I know. It sounds ominous, folks, but stick around to find out what I mean by that and open my response to that question when we open up the Locked On Patriots mailbag right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On listeners, August is here, and you know what that means. The official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy football. All you do is one live snake draft. No waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every single week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back, and it's even bigger. With $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July. So don't delay. Do it today. Do not wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code LOCKEDON to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's underdog fantasy promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON. Patriots fans, thank you once again for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me here today on Locked on Patriots. It is hashtag Mailbag Monday. It is also hashtag Locked on Murph Monday. And joining me today is the legendary Connor Murphy Fisto himself, Thomas Murphy of E2G Sports, to break down anything and everything related to Patriots roster moves. And Murph, the major moves over the weekend were to the offensive line. I know the Patriots jettisoned a few practice squad regulars, Scott yep. Washington being one of the uh, notables that unfortunately will not be taking snaps in New England unless he's back on the practice squad, folks. That's a distinct possibility. But bottom line, the Patriots are starting to jettison these guys early, but they did bring in two offensive linemen. We talked a little bit in the previous segment about Tyrone Wheatley, about Verdarian Lowe. But there are still problems that go beyond these two new players. They didn't magically fix the wrongs that are currently existing along this line. Cole Strange is still a little banged up. Michael Wainu has yet to take a meaningful snap since getting injured back in January against the Buffalo Bills. You also have Trent Brown, who's had his health issues recently. And a veritable turnstile right now when it comes to the right tackle position. Right. Murph, based on all of that, a good friend of ours, a longtime supporter of the show, and a good YouTube viewer uh, that consistently gives us a lot of views, and we appreciate that, my friend, submitted today's question to open up a Locked On Patriots mailbag. And it's Lukasik. I think I'm saying that right. I apologize. But it's at L-U-K-A-S-I-K-1979. And Luke wants to know, I know we haven't seen much in regards to the starters on the O-line, but isn't Brown, meaning Trent Brown, folks, injury-prone? And what are they going to do when it crumbles? Now, folks, that does sound a little on the ominous side. Yeah. Talking about the O-line crumbling down. I understand the concern, and I'm not blaming him for the rhetoric that he's chosen, but Murph and I are going to try to talk all of you off the ledge a little bit and tell you that, London Bridge is not, in fact, falling down. But, Murph, it is right now, it's teetering on the brink. Uh, Let's put it that way. When you look at this offensive line, what continues to be the biggest problem, in your estimation, even in the wake of acquiring guys like Wheatley and Lowe to try to shore up some of the problems we've got here? It's the fact that these starters haven't played together. That's it. That's, That's the problem. 
Okay, it's 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 health going into this season, and the fact that these guys have not taken meaningful snaps, even in a practice or joint practice, or anything of the such. At the same time, we've talked about continuity time and time again. We talked about seeing um, everything through the same set of eyes. Okay, and they have those same set those those five sets of eyes that need to be one have not been together at all and that's the issue that's that's the problem um lucas is 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 not even a glass half full kind of guy here <laughs> it's, it's a it's a quarter of the way full it's three quarters empty according there i'm not of the uh you know that this is going to be a problem throughout the season they're getting guys healthy now, okay? They're taking their time when doing it. Yeah, you could be out there today, but let's give it another couple of days and just make sure that you're not going to re-aggravate anything before the opener. I think these guys are going to be together for the opener. Everybody's going to be uh, um, as close to 100% as, as you possibly can be, and then we'll, we'll go on from there. If it if – it, crumbles if it breaks down if this is like the walls of jericho and they're going to freaking come tumbling now then they'll do what any uh team in the nfl would end up having to do uh and that's punt okay because there's just no depth at the positions in the league right now it's just not there yeah we certainly hope that's not going to be the case folks and that the Patriots no. would have to punt in a situation like that but bill belichick alluded to this when he spoke with um reporters by a video conference on monday morning and he said the depth is so important at every position on your roster you never know when you're going to need it what we did was acquire insurance policies on sunday meaning guys like low and guys like but ultimately what you need to do is stock your offensive line with enough talent where right guys go down you can put someone in that's going to be able to competently help keep the ship in the right direction until the main guy gets back in the lineup and that's what we're looking for right now that's what you believe that we're going to have happen i hope so but yeah, it really is. It's nice to know that Bill is watching the show, even if he's not looking at me. You know, he's not listening to me on every say He went to Cleveland and he went shopping there. So he must have seen something going on. But no, it is. It's it's to the point that we've got to we've got to realize that what we've seen this preseason is the worst case scenario. OK, it's it's ground zero at Hiroshima. All right, it, but th- that bomb hasn't dropped. Okay, we're, we're just working out, you know, with who we have here. Be glad that these guys are getting some meaningful reps, and wait for the starters to get in there. Hopefully, there's enough time that they can all get on the same page and all start looking through that same set of eyes before week one, because they've got their work cut out for them week one. Absolutely. They really and truly do. And one of those things that you need to face a team like Philadelphia or really, folks, any team in the NFL when it comes right down to it is teamwork and communication. And Murph has said so many times on right here on Locked On Patriots, articulated it so well, especially on the offensive line. That is key and that is vital. And when you talk about the five main ingredients of your offensive line, not seeing time together on the field in the preseason, that's a problem. You're going to continue to have problems in that regard. And look, for all the 
people, for all those that think that the Patriots have hit their head in the sand when it comes to acquiring new talent or going out and bringing guys in that can succeed, the Patriots are well aware of this. That's why they're making right. moves, folks. You got Connor McDermott and Riley Rafe right now that are banged up. We don't know what their injury status is going to be. You've got Calvin Anderson, who's been on the non-football injury list. Yeah. We asked Bill about Calvin. He was asked about him on WEEI before we spoke with him, uh, and the response was the same. We'll see. We don't we'll know see. right now. Um, City So has shown signs of potential, but he's a rookie, and he's showing rookie pains, and he's also dealing yep. with having to switch positions as well. And that's been a real double negative for City. Kids working. The kids out there working. And it, it is not easy. Believe me, folks. You know, to pull somebody from the inside and push them to the outside like that is is uh, no no small feat. You know, Mike Adewayu did it, you know, for a little while when, when he first came. He, he's a guard. And right now it's to the point where what do you want to make weaker? Do you want to make two spots weaker or one spot weaker and have somebody – on the other side of so to to maybe compensate a little bit and i think that's the way that bill's going to end up going yeah without any questions so folks when you look at what the patriots are doing they are i think they are making their best effort to try to fix a problem that they know is a problem and, and that they created bill created it i'm, I'm not i'm not sugarcoating anything yeah. i'm not i'm not i'm not a bill belichick stand that says he never makes any there were there were moves that were that could have been made uh, in free agency, and he could have went in and had this excellent draft anyway. The money was there, and he could have done it. And I'm, I'm still, I'm aggravated about it. I'm a little green right here. You see, it's yeah. right there. It's and that, green. Well, that leads me very nicely into my final question for you on the subject. Before we take leave of the offensive lineman, talk a little running backs, folks, because that trade yeah. impacted the Patriots' running backs as well, folks. But. What, in your estimation, was the biggest efficiency in the Patriots' offseason approach to the O-line? Did they misfire when it came to drafting an O-lineman? This was a yep. tough class, nope. especially a tackle. Or was this a free agency situation where they could have done a lot better than they did? It's a free agency situation. It really is. Um, it, it was a very deep uh, – um, it, it, it was it was billed as a very deep – offensive tackle uh, draft. It, I don't think it was as deep as, as uh, a lot of people are making it out to be. It, it, there were there was first-round talent out there that you could plug in and play, but who are you giving up in the first round? Are you giving up Gonzalez for, for one of these? I'm not. All right, you've already got people getting on Bill for, for trading down and not taking the offensive tackle and letting him go to uh, – to Pittsburgh and, and, you know, just to screw over the Jets. He didn't do it just to screw over the Jets. He knew that he could make this move, pick up something else, and still get the, you know, what a lot of people thought is the best uh, shutdown corner in this draft. And I was one of those people. Um, but, no, you get out of the, the second round, and you're not finding year one contributors. Maybe a guy that could plug in for a few few downs, but it's not starting material. The mistake was made at free agency. The mistake was made with the closing of the purse strings, okay, with them being locked up. These guys got paid, and, and in, this, in my estimation, got overpaid. But sometimes for this position, you have to do it. You have to have those tackles. And Bill did not go out and do that. And right now, they're trying to piece together, you know, a competent offensive line behind a very competent offensive line. Because believe me, folks, when I say this, 
when these guys are healthy, I think this is the best offensive line in the AFC East. And I think a lot of people may uh, raise an eyebrow when it comes to that, folks. But look at what Murph is coming at here. And I think he's actually right on the money. Michael Wainu is, obvi- is unarguably, in my opinion, one of the better yep. offensive linemen in this conference in the league. right now. Not just in the AFC East, not just right. the AFC, but yeah, I would say that in Murph. I would say in the league right now when he's healthy and he's locked in. Trent Brown has the type of talent to be at right. that level as well, folks. Trent seems to be locked in. We're hearing the right things from him. Hopefully that will continue into this season. Uh, they need him healthy, and he has to stay healthy, and that's been a problem for him. But if he can... This is a unit right now that boasts some very big, very athletic linemen. Cole Strange is capable of playing at at a very high level. And then you're talking about David Andrews in the middle, one of the better centers you'll find. Four-fifths of this line could end up being Pro Bowl players. Not all pros, but Pro Bowl players. And you show me another offensive line in this division that boasts that. Yeah, and I think in a lot of ways, folks, it really needs to, or what we really need to see as Patriots fans, as members of the media, as you know, anyone who's observing this team, you need to see that main line together before you can really adequately judge exactly how good or how bad this line is going to be. Right. So until that happens, we are at a disadvantage. But as Bill Belichick says, and he said it numerous times on Monday morning, we'll see how it goes. Really all we can do at this point. But... The trades that happened over the weekend, Bud, did not just change the complexity of the offensive line positional grouping. The running backs now look a little different. They're down by one guy, and that one guy is someone Murph and I had a whole lot of praise to heap over here on Locked On Patriots throughout the past year and a half, and that is Pierre Strong Jr. He's going to be running now in Cleveland. What does it mean for the rest of the guys on this roster, and is one better suited among the rest to now make the 53-man roster as that number three running back. Murph and I are going to delve into that subject and more when we continue right here on the Locked On Patriots podcast, a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day. Locked On listeners, buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Get excited for game time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all of the fun you're going to have. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and roll for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's why it's the fastest-growing ticket app in the country. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, just two taps and you're set, and tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Pats fans, thank you once again for making Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage and also your first listen every day. Folks, a special treat for you tomorrow here on Locked On Patriots. Author and journalist Dave Archibald wrote a new work that he's working on, scheduled to come out this Friday, September 1st, 
on Amazon. It's called The Inches We Need, and you can catch an excerpt of that on TheInchesWeNeed.com. Dave joins me here tomorrow to talk about all things, including team building and how appropriate on a day where team building is going to be the most popular subject in the NFL universe. Don't miss tomorrow's episode of Locked On Patriot, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, today here on Hashtag Mailbag Monday, the legend himself, Thomas Murphy of E2G Sports, already dropping all kinds of wisdom and counsel when it comes to the offensive line and the new tackles that the Patriots have brought in via trade. But, Murph, one thing that this trade did was it forced us to say goodbye to a player that you and I both had a pretty good amount of affection for. Yeah. And that is Pierre Strong Jr. Uh, Fast speed running kills. Back to, oh, yeah. Speed Fast kills. Running back to run in the Combine in 2022. Came in here with an awful lot of expectation. But, unfortunately, just a victim of the numbers crunch and a victim of the Patriots' need at offensive line. First off, before we get into how this trade is going to impact the rest of the running backs, on the roster what are the patriots missing this year by not having pierre strong in this backfield well they have some they're missing somebody that can get to the outside and bust past that edge or, or another person that can do that um one of the reasons that this move was made was because pierre strong is an outside gap kind of runner and that fit in with two you know, what the guys were trying to do last year, which failed miserably on, on many, many a level. And he, he really um, had a lot of trouble running up in between the tackles, okay, especially picking things up this year under Bill O'Brien and what Bill O'Brien wants to do. Um, you saw it in practice. You saw it in, in uh, the preseason games. It, it was really difficult for him to switch up and find that. Now, you could blame that on the offensive line woes if you want, but Bill needed to, to move a piece that um, that he really wasn't sure was going to make the 53-man roster at the end. And he was the guy that, that was teetering on that side and he could still use to bring somebody in. Now, what, what it means for, for the, the running backs room is, of course, Ramondre is, is, you know, right there at the top. Zeke is in, in behind them. I wish we had seen a little bit more of him. But um, what J.J. Taylor was able to do on Friday night really solidified his, his position and allowed Bill to move on from, uh, from Strong. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned J.J. because he has been uh, a common casualty on a lot of 53-man yep. roster predictions. I'll admit that just shortly before the trade came out, on early on Sunday morning, I published my third and final 53-man roster prediction, and Pierre was the third running back on my yep. squad. And unfortunately, it meant J.J. was going to be on the cutting room floor. And a lot of people are wondering, well, how does this affect the room now? Now who ascends that next level? Well, we got a question regarding that exactly yep. from a longtime supporter, longtime listener, longtime viewer here on Locked On Patriots. I would consider this man an everydayer, and this is Tucker Roscon, Brave Boy 12. You yep. can find on the Bird app at Tucker Roscon. And he wants to know now that Pierre Strong has been traded, do you think we keep JJ Taylor or Kevin Harris? I think Harris because he's probably the better pass blocker. Well, Merce already tipped his hand here, but I want to get your thoughts on Tucker's insight on Kevin Harris. Yeah. Does Kevin's ability as a blocker allow him to maybe latch on and get that fourth spot? Is that going to Ty Montgomery, or are the Patriots only going to carry three here? No, I think the Patriots carry four. I, I, I really do. Um, and, yeah, he is the better blocker, but 
you know, Ezekiel Elliott is that much better of a blocker than he is. All right. So that's that's where those touches are going. I really do. I think um, for for whatever reason, uh, you know, um, Ty Montgomery keeps hanging around and hanging around. The kid's got alligator blood, you know, and in. Yeah, I'm quite honestly, you know, the, the man hasn't done anything since 2018. All right. And, and we're, we're sitting here and every year there's another injury and there's another injury. So I think it's going to come down to his health as to whether or not who that fourth running back is going to be. Um, and I do think that uh, that Kevin Harris is somebody, you know, make it to uh, to the um to the practice squad and and right now if you cut ty montgomery um the saints would would come marching in they would want him back they really would they would want him back or somebody else would take a flyer and see if he can stay healthy and stay on the field because that's that's how good he can be it's just the fact that he's been banged up so much since that 2018 season 2019 season that uh, he hasn't been able to get back and stay on a field so yeah no uh, i think they're going to keep four it's going to be of course ramondre zeke is is safe you know and i think it's jj taylor and ty montgomery yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, I do think that there is a reason why Ty Montgomery is on this roster or or will remain on this roster. I joined our good friends uh, 92 Not Ticket up in Bangor, Maine on Monday morning to talk a little roster uh, predictions. And I was asked about Ty Montgomery and why I continue to allow him the space on my 53-man roster predictions. I didn't have him off on one of them. And I can tell you from people that I've spoken to close to the organization, there is an affection uh, yep. for the Patriots for Ty Montgomery because of what he can do. He can be a backfield receiver and play a notable role there. He can carry when you need to on early right. downs. That's not his main game, but he can do it. Also, the Patriots were giving him looks as a third Z receiver off the line. Thank you. Before he got injured, this gives you another dimension for the New England Patriots. And as much as I love the addition of Ezekiel Elliott, he'll catch a pass or two. He's not going to give you that type of prowess from the running back position. You want separation? Field receiver. Exactly. And Montgomery can do it. And I think J.J. Taylor showing that he can be that shifty change of pace back uh, that can really disrupt a lot. Showed them a lot. I think. He's also shown that he can he can get up in between the tackles. He's patient enough to sit there on a uh, on a giant lineman's backside and wait for a hole to open up and then hit it in third gear, all right, and go out there and get you that five yards that you need. This kid has grown every single year, and Bill Belichick himself has said it. He likes him. He likes his moxie, for for lack of a, a, a better New England term. And um, you know, I. I I think this is the year that he ends up sticking. Yeah, and I think you're right on that. And look, bottom line, if you're wondering, folks, why Taylor and not Strong, similar skill sets, but I think it's, it's, it's the Zeke fit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the Zeke fit. factor. Yeah, it's a better schematic fit for Taylor here in New England yep. than Strong was. I think Strong is poised for a good opportunity in Cleveland, running behind Nick Chubb. I think that's going to give him opportunities, and I think that system is very well suited. Uh, yeah. his strength. So, folks, you start to see Pierre Strong succeeding this year. Don't be angry at this one because I just don't think it was work here in New England. Right. I think it will be in Cleveland, and I wish him all the best. I think this kid's got a great work ethic. I've enjoyed covering him he uh, does. every time here in New England. So, you wish Pierre Strong well, but uh, does open the door for guys like Ty and JJ. And Kevin Harris, I agree with you. You want to keep him around here. Hopefully, he can make it through 
And if they get well off the squad, I think he can be a frequent call-up. I think he will. So. Murph, what can I say? It's always an honor and always a blast to open up a Monday mailbag with you, my friend. Um, hashtag Mailbag Monday would not be anything without hashtag Locked On Murph Monday. They are the same to quote the freshman, and that's something that I think we're all looking forward to in subsequent weeks. Mm. Folks, regular season's coming up. A hashtag Mailbag Monday's not going anywhere. Get no. your questions in because we're going to incorporate the mailbag aspect into our into the recaps. Monday coverage. So you're going to be a part of this coverage. You're going to be a part of our post-game analysis. That's we it. can't wait for you, for you all to join us here on the ride that is Locked On Patriots and Murph. You've been the co-pilot on this ride for so long now, my friend. Uh, and you steer the ship a lot of times when I fall asleep at the wheel. So Never. thank you for always being here. Before I let you go, bud, please let everyone know where they can reach out to you and what they can expect in this coming week from the great pen, the great voice of Thomas Murray. Well, of course, yeah, I'm gonna, uh, I'll am gonna. i have a couple of Patriots uh, articles up this week, uh, everything that's happening or not happening at Fenway Park. Uh, you can check that out. Just follow me on the on the Zitter app at TMurf207. And before I go, I, I've got to say happy anniversary, Michael. Happy anniversary. You four years here at at uh, Locked On. I hope I got that right. Four years. Four, four years. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely I was lapsed in that last week, and it's just been it's been a fantastic four years. Thank you for making me a part of it. Well, thank you uh, for being one of the reasons Locked On Patriots. <laughs> is an everyday listen for so many of you everydayers out there. Uh, Murph is part of the Lockdown Familia, and uh, I really hold you in such high regard, my friend, and people like you, Steve Balistrieri, Claire Cooper, um, Mark Schofield, Tanya Ray Fox, Pat's Cat, Miguel Benzon, all of you regulars here on Lockdown Patriots that help to make my job easier each and every day truly is a remarkable thing, and I'm so honored and so humbled uh, to call you friends and colleagues. But most of all, folks, all of you everydayers have made this job possible for me. Um, it's not often that someone gets to live their dream of covering the team they grew up idolizing as a child. I have been able to do that thanks to great colleagues here at the Locked On Podcast Network, with a special tip of the cap and a nod to the gods to David Locke and Ross Jackson, who give us such great direction and our jobs possible each and every day. So thank you all for everything. Um, I am now the longest tenured Locked On Patriots host. I say that with great pride because those who held this chair before me are some of the best in the business. People like Jeff Howe of The Athletic and yep. Mark Schofield of SB Nation truly set a table that I still try to get right each and every day in their honor. I haven't got there yet, folks, but I will. With all of your help and with great co-pilots like Murph by my side, it's a fun ride. And I hope you continue to join me here each and every day on Locked On Patriots. We're not perfect, but we will take criticism. We will listen to you, and we will try to give you the best possible show we can each and every day. And that is a dedication, a promise that I make to each and every one of you. So, Murph, thank you for the kind words. Uh, definitely are appreciated, and so are you. All of your contributions to Locked On Patriots, all of you everydayers out there, is truly something that I will always treasure in my heart forever. On that note, but we continue our coverage tomorrow. And don't forget, Dave Archibald will join me here. Yeah. We'll have the very latest on roster cutdowns. Who knows? We might even bring the big man right here back for a little final roster thoughts. It's going to be a fun week, bud. So stick around. Stay locked in to the Lockdown Patriots podcast. In the meantime, continue to stay safe and to stay well and to be the change you wish to see in the world. 
Have a great day, everyone, and we'll see you back here again tomorrow on Locked On Patreon.